The third and final part of this little mini-series I'm doing on ASK, Ask, Seek, and Knock. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 through 12, and read them again. It says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. And to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So, in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. First thing he says to do is ask, and it will be given to you. Ask. Everyone who asks receives. Why? Because he's our father. He's a good, loving, perfect father. And he is able. And he is is able to answer our prayers. And, And many times we don't ask. And so if we don't ask, we don't receive. He says, come and ask. He can always say no if he decides to say no. That's his prerogative. But we need to ask. Jesus says, ask. And then he says to seek, and we we know this isn't the seek I was talking about earlier. This is seeking after the true God, the living God. To seek the face of God. said in Deuteronomy, you will find him. If you look for him with all your heart and all your soul, you will find him. Isaiah said, seek the Lord while he may be found. Call on him while he is near. Amos said, seek me. The Lord says, seek me and live. And Paul said in Acts 16 that he is not far from each one of us. He's right there to seek his face, to seek him. And then the last part of this is to, to knock and the door will be open to you, it says. To him who knocks, the door will be opened. Knock on the door, he says. So we ask and we seek and then we knock, it says. And again, these, these three verbs are all kind of in a... a, a, a a sense that talks of being persistent and continual, doing it over and over again, asking and seeking and knocking, not just ask once and over, but ask, keep asking, keep seeking, keep knocking. So you've prayed, you've asked the Lord, you've, you've sought his face, and now you need to see how he'll, how he'll answer. And he says to knock, and, and what doors will God open? How will God answer? And, and so we need to go out and knock on the doors. And so I, I see in this word really kind of a, more of an action. We ask, and we're, we're in our prayer closets. We're alone with God, maybe, or we're praying with others. We're seeking his face. But, but there comes a time when, when, okay, you've done all that. Now what do you do? You need to get up off your chair Go out and start knocking on doors. I was going to have a whole bunch of knock-knock jokes for you, but I thought that would be kind of much. Because some of you can't get those. Oh, that hurt. You've prayed and, and you've, you know, you've asked him. You've sought his face. Now you need to do something. You need to take steps. You need to get up and get out of our house. And so many times I've heard this thing, well, I'm praying about it, I'm praying about it, whether I should do that, whether I should be involved in this, whether uh, you know, God is going to help me in this area, in that area. But then you just sit at home, just waiting and waiting. But there comes a time when you need to get up and we need to start knocking on doors, take steps to, to, to do something. And then keep knocking on the doors. Not all the doors will open. 
but the door that he has. It says the door will, will be opened. The door will be opened to you. Whichever door he has decided will be the right door for us, for you and for me. But also, it's also true that none will open if we don't ever knock. If we don't ever get up and start knocking on doors, taking steps to do something practical, do something real, something, you know, tangible, nothing will ever happen. Why don't you turn with me to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11 and verse 5. In Luke's account of this, uh, he gives these words just before those verses. Luke chapter 11, verse 5. He says, Then he said to them, Suppose one of you has a friend, and he goes to him at midnight and says, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread, because a friend of mine on a journey has come to me, and I have nothing to set before him. Then the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked. My children are with me in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, Jesus said, though he will not get up and give him the bread because he is his friend, yet because of the man's boldness or his persistence, he will get up and give him as much as he needs. And then he goes on to repeat those verses we've read in Matthew. There's this idea where, you know, you, you, you need to get up and, 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 you know, not just a little tap on the door, but like knock on the door. Let's be real about it. Knock on the door. See, see if it will open. You see, you see what Jesus said here? You know, because not just being a friend wasn't enough, but because of his boldness. The King James Version says importunity because he really tried, because he really did his best. And the guy said, okay, okay, okay. You know, there's another uh, uh, proverb or a parable that Jesus talks about, you know, the, the one that, that kept going back and again and again and again and asking, listen, you got to do something for me. Listen, you got to do something for me. So there's this idea of not, you know, knocking on the doors. And again, it's an action that we take to stepping out, trying something, trying something new to see if it's right, see if it'll work, see if it's God's answer, see if it's a door he has for us. But there's a boldness about it too. Well, I'm just going to see what God is going to do. I'm just going to see what, what door God will open. And, and again, where you, where you keep knocking and you give it a good, good solid knock. I was, you know, many of you know I'm working with the, the Warwick Police Department to become a chaplain for them. And it's a, it's a process, you know, from me from beginning to end where I had to knock on the door. I had to get up out of my house. I had to go down to the police department. First, I sent them a letter. I had to write the letter, thinking, oh, this is ridiculous, but whatever. I'll try it. I wrote them a letter. They said, they called me up and said, uh, yeah, this is so-and-so. I said, I didn't do it. <laughs> they said, no, can you come down? So I sat with this guy, these two guys, and then, I, and then I sat with this whole team, and, and then I got a letter from the chief saying, well, you're not quite ready for it. But these other guys said, well, we want you to, to, to keep coming, and, and you know, we'll, we'll get we'll get you ready, more or less. Because I didn't know what I was doing anyway. So so anyways, all that to say, I was with another uh, police officer the other day, and, and, you know, we went to this house, and uh, the woman had, uh, she had, she had written a note and given it to the teller at a post office. Get this. That said, you know, 
uh, there's going to be a nuclear device goes off before such and such a day, and, you know, you better be careful. And, you know, so they figured out who it was, and we went to the, to the person's house. And so he knocked on the door, but he didn't just tap on the door. If she's got a nuclear device in there, we better knock real loud. You know what I'm saying? So, but we had to get up. We had to do something. We had to knock. And, and then uh, he went around to the back door, and it was wide open. So uh, we were just knocking on the wrong door. See, I just thought of that. Boy, I'm, it's amazing. These illustrations, they just come to you. So we had to go knock on the door to find this person, and, I, and, and she apologized, and it was weird. <laughs> knock on the doors. Turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 12. Acts chapter 12 and verse 11. I really like this section because uh, Peter had been in jail because of his faith. He was in prison, and, and the Lord let him out. The Lord opened the doors, literally, for him to get out of jail, to get out of the prison. God opened those doors. And Peter still had to get up, right? And, and uh, in fact, in verse uh, 7, it says, quick. The angel says, he struck Peter on the side and he woke him up. Quick, get up. He said, and the chains fell off Peter's wrist. He had to get up. He had to do something. He had to walk out the door. So the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals. And Peter did so. And, 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 and he followed him out of the prison. But he had to get up and he had to go through the door. Took some action. But verse 11, uh, you know, he's outside now the prison. And Peter, it says, he came to himself. He couldn't really believe that this is all happening. But he says, now I know without a doubt that the Lord sent his angel, rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were anticipating. When this had dawned on him, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. These people are having a prayer meeting inside, and probably, I think, they were praying for Peter to get out of jail, right? Peter, one of their main guys, is in jail, and they're, they're praying anyways. Look what happens. It says in verse 13, Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer the door. He knocked on the door. Right? Is that what it says? And verse 14, when she recognized Peter's voice, she was so overjoyed she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter is at the door. <coughs> Exciting. But they told her, you're out of your mind. And when she kept insisting that it was so, they said, it must be his angel. <laughs> what? And there's a lot of door pictures here, right? The Jesus, the Lord God by his angel opened the doors for Peter to get out of jail. And that's what they were praying for. And then God opens the door and Peter goes through and they say, that's insane. That could never happen. Even if we prayed for it, ask and you shall receive. But, you know, we don't really believe it's going to happen. We pray, but we really don't think God's going to do anything. Is that not true of us so oftentimes? We, we pray, but we're not really sure God's going to, you know, really answer. We just pray because that's the thing that the Christian is supposed to do. He says, you're out of your mind, they told her. But verse 16, this is the part I like, but Peter kept on knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. And then he told them, I'll be quiet because you're... 
ridiculous. Let me tell you what really happened. But he kept on knocking, right? He knocked the first time and the door didn't open, but he knew he was at the right place. He could hear, you know, the excitement and the, and the stuff, but he, he kept on knocking. Sometimes we need to keep knocking. Sometimes we give up way, way too early. We, we kind of believe maybe that God is, is opening a certain door for us, but we knock once and it doesn't open right away, and we just back off and we go back home and hide. But Peter, where else was he going to go, first of all? These were the people he needed to talk to. So he kept on knocking at the door, and finally they realized that it was Peter, really, what? Let's open the door. And so he goes in. There's a verse in the, in the, in the book of Hosea, we won't turn there, but, but the Lord says that to, to the people of Israel, he says that I will give her back her vineyards and, make, and will make the valley of Achor a door of hope. And there she will sing as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of Egypt. This word Achor means pain, it means trouble. And so he says he's going to make this valley of Achor, this valley of trouble, turn into a door of hope. So many times the, the things we're going through, God will use those as doors to go into something that's beautiful, that's good, that's hope, that has hope. So often we see it as, oh, it's the end. It's too much pain. It's too much trouble. I, I think back to the beginning of the, of the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, blessed are they that mourn. For they should be comforted. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For you know, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, these things that we think are, are bad, bad things, but God can turn them into good things. Turn them into a door that opens into something beautiful. You know, I'm just knocking on doors. If I can use this car um, analogy, is that okay with you? You know, I, I'm thinking about this. You know, God, you know, the thing is gone, it's dead. And, and to be honest with you, I really liked that car. It had a lot of emotional attachment for me. You guys, what are you laughing about? You guys wouldn't understand, but, but you see, there's something about this car. First of all, Kyle and I and Alex put this car together. We had to put a new motor in it. So, you know, I have pictures of that, you know, where, we, where this is something we did together. And then Kyle and I, we had to fix it again a different time. And, and so this is something that we did together, you see. And I, it's like a best friend. I drive this thing around, and it's your best friend, right? So the car is gone. Hold on, i got some tissue here. Been a little work, a little choked up about this. But the, but the fact is that God can use this. And, and now I'm just knocking on doors. So I, I, somebody might have a car, so I'm knocking on doors. But I believe God's going to open up another door for us to have a car. And I'm going to do my best not to get attached to it this time. I promise you. <laughs> but you see, not everything that's bad is the end of the world. You know, God will use it for another. Maybe he wanted me to get a different car. I don't know why. I would have drove the thing until, you know, who knows. It's dead, Jim. <laughs> Someone said this, the idea of knocking also implies that we sense resistance. After all, if the door were already open, there would be no need to knock. Yet, the image of knocking also implies that there is a door that can be opened. 
You remember that old game show? They had door number one, door number two, and door number three, and you had to decide which one. You know, I just knock on all three and then, you know, see which one opens. That's the best one. But sometimes we need to get up and we need to go knock. Peter kept on knocking. Turn ahead to me, 1 Corinthians chapter 16. A few more verses about this, and we're going to get back to the, to the golden rule quickly. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Again, the different doors that God has for us, the different opportunities, the different things. And, and maybe God is you know, you know, challenging you with a certain thing, or maybe it's a work thing. Maybe the jobs are, are you know, you, you've lost your job and you just you know, don't have the heart to keep knocking on doors. Well, maybe God wants you just to keep knocking on the doors because he's going to take care of you and he's going to open up the right door for you. But look in verse 8 and 9, 1 Corinthians 16. Um, Paul says, but I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost because a great door for effective work has opened to me and there are many who oppose me. Paul says there was a huge door, a great door for him to do incredible effective work in Ephesus. But not without problems, not without trials. Sometimes we, we, we knock on a door, we actually open, the door opens, and we actually go through the door, and then you know, there's a little bit of resistance, a little bit of trouble, a little bit of trial, and we say, oh, this can't be the right door. Paul said, no, this is the right door, but there are many who oppose me. There are, there are problems that go along with it. So how do you know? Well, you need to stay in contact. You need to keep asking and seeking God's face. Is this right, God? Is this right? Keeping in contact with Him, and then continually... Going forward, look at Colossians chapter 4. That's ahead about four books. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians chapter 4. Paul said to pray for him. In verse 3, Colossians 4, 3 says, And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. He says, pray, pray for us. Pray for us that God would open the door, the right door for the message so we can go out and, and tell others about Jesus. I think as a church, we need to be praying. We need to be asking and seeking God's face about the doors he would have us to go through in terms of outreach. We're here now. But now it's time. It's time for us to pray. And we were talking in the, in the uh, overseers meeting a few weeks back about about having another week of prayer soon and probably the beginning of December, we think we've talked about having a time where we just pray. But we don't just pray. We want to pray about, God, what should we do? Which door should we knock on? How should we reach out? How should we try to reach the lost world that's all around us? We don't just sit around and hope that they like, you know, our landscaping or they like, uh, you know, our paint job or our sign. Did you see the new sign, by the way? Is it okay? But, but we need to reach out with some kind, of, some kind of answers, some kind of hope for them. There's people all around us that are lost. They're lost, they're lost, and we need to ask God, okay, what doors would you have us to go through as a church? But that's also true as individuals. We have all these opportunities. We have all these things we could be involved in, we could be doing. God, what would you have us to do? Ask, seek, knock. 
Let's turn ahead to Revelation chapter 3. You probably knew we were going to go there eventually, right? Revelation chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. It says, To the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. What he shuts, no one can open. It says, I know your deeds. See, or look, or open your eyes. It says, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. It says, open your eyes, there's a door, it's open right before you. So many times the door's, we, the door's already open, and we're maybe knocking at the wrong door. But I love, he says that, that when he opens the door, you knock on the door, and he opens the door, no one can shut that, no man can shut that door. But when he shuts the door, no one can open it. There are times when we need to say, God, this is, okay, this is not an open door for me. Because, you know, we keep, you know, our, our knuckles are bruised because we're knocking on that door. Why? Because we want that door open really, really bad. I, mem- I remember um, years and years ago, um, I really wanted this job with the phone company, you know, because the phone company, if you worked for the phone company back then, that was like the job to have, right? It paid really good, and, and, and I wanted this job really bad, man. I was knocking on that door. I was knocking on that door so hard. I, was, I found an, uh, an inside person. I was calling them like every other day, and uh, they kept saying, we'll call you. Okay, and I'd call them back in a couple of days. I was just knocking on that door, but, you know, God didn't want me to go through that door. I just, I know it now. But I wanted it so bad. But God opened a different door up that, you know, looking back, I can see that it was like a hundred times better. It was the right door. And I, you know, it was a job that I learned skills that I was able to use for years and years that allowed me to freedom to be able to do uh, ministry and, to, and then to, you know, I'd use the skills out here. And, and it just, God opened the door and he had his purposes in it. But for me, I wanted the other door. So sometimes we need to get our, our, you know, our priorities maybe adjusted. And, and we, yes, we've got to get up. We've got to knock on the door. We've got to try it. We can't just sit at home and, and, and wait for them to call us. But when God closes the door and it, it's not opening, okay, God, what is it? Uh, it must be the wrong door. Where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? In that same chapter... Um, One of the most exciting things there is in verse 20, a very, very familiar verse. Verse 20, he says to us, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. He's knocking on the door, the door of our hearts. Now, we, we use this verse kind of in evangelism, you know, or, you know, for people who don't know Jesus, he's knocking on the door of your heart, and that's true. But I believe he's also knocking on the door of believers' hearts, and, and the, the, the scripture here is really written to the church, the believers in Laodicea. 
He's knocking on my heart. He's knocking on your heart. He wants to come in. He wants to fellowship and eat with us. That's a knock that we need to be listening for and be ready for. Later in, uh, in, in the Gospel of Luke, uh, later from the Beatitudes anyways, he says, you know, to be ready because he's coming back. And he says, be ready that there's going to be a knock. And we need to be ready when he knocks, when the time comes for his return. We need to be ready. We need to be able to hear. We need to listen, be listening. So let's turn back to to Matthew chapter 7. There was a a story um, about a church and uh, the people after the, the, the morning service, they were just talking with one another, fellowshipping, and they... And one of them uh, brought up the message that the, the pastor had spoken about uh, Jesus' encounter with the, the fig tree, the unfruitful, uh, unfruitful fig tree. And, you know, different people made comments, and one woman piped up, and she said, well, this morning's message has inspired me to take action. And that's what, you know, we like to hear. I'm going to do something. So someone said, well, what are you, you going to do? And she says, I'm going straight to the store to buy cookies. I have a sudden craving for a Fig Newton. (laughs) Verse 12, this is what we normally call or, or commonly call the golden rule, right? Verse 12, so in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. There's action involved here. I think it flows right out of what he's talking about. There's action that, take, that takes place here. This is probably the most famous thing that Jesus ever said, by the way. Although, I don't think everybody knows that Jesus said it. It's just, it's just a golden rule that, you know, that everybody knows. Well, but Jesus said it. One thing I want to make clear, though, is that one of the, one of the misconceptions about it is that this is, this is the way to be saved. I keep the golden rule, so I'm going to heaven, right? I do good things to people, so I'm going to heaven. Well, that's not the truth at all. This is something Jesus is saying that we need to do, but to get to heaven, how do we get to heaven? Through Jesus Christ and the death on the cross. There is no other way. He is the way, the truth and the life. No no man gets to the Father except through him. We know this truth, but again, there's a lot of misconception. And, and, and I remember reading one time about Muhammad Ali talking about, you know, his, uh, you know, his, his kind of Islamic faith, I believe it was uh, at the time, uh, that if his good works outweigh his bad works, then he's going to go to heaven, right? And it's a kind of a scale that happens. Well, God help us if, if that's the way we're going to get to heaven. God help us. Because you know what? How many of us are going to make it? And who keeps score? And what a way to live in fear. And that's not the way that he did it. He said, you know what? I'm going to give you life. I'm going to give you new life. And it's through my love for you. Giving to you my life upon that cross. There was a gal and, uh, you know, she said that she was trying to teach her children that God's desire was that they would respect and obey their parents. And, and then a different uh, morning, they were 
trying to teach the golden rule to this preschool daughter. And she said to her, what's the golden rule? And with a look of exasperation, she replies, I know, I know, you're the mommy. (laughs) See, we don't always get it right, do we? We have misconceptions. But look at the words. What does it say? So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. There's an action here. Do to others. Now at the time, many, many believe, you know, at the time there were, there were many negative uh, versions of, the, of what we call the golden rule. Well, don't do that to somebody because you don't want them to do that to you. And don't do this because you wouldn't like it. That Jesus came along, though, and he stated it positively. Not don't do, but do to others. Someone said this, one can obey the negative by doing nothing. But only kingdom love can motivate the positive. Love takes the initiative. Jesus is saying here, do something. We're talking about knocking on doors. Get up and do something. But he's saying here about this golden rule, it isn't just, you know, that we don't do things, but it's we actually go out of our way to do things. We take initiative to do something positive for someone, for others. We don't walk around thinking about, well, what can I do to help someone else today? But that's what he's saying here. What can I do to help someone else? Because, you know, it will come back to me. If we want love, then go out and love someone else. If we want mercy, show mercy to someone else. If we need help, go out and help someone else. But so often, we get stuck on the, I want love, I want mercy, I need help, I, I, I. He's saying, listen, you know, put that aside and go out and and do something for someone else. I think that, and I found this to be true through the years, is that when we get so locked up in ourselves, that's when we start getting really down and depressed. But when we can kind of uh, get out of that and, and look at somebody else and help someone else and, and get involved with someone else, we, we, we like forget, well, what was, what, was I, what was I bothered about again? What was I so, so consumed with about myself again? Now, he's not saying here that we need to give so that we can get. But the spiritual principle is this, that, that a man reaps what he sows. Galatians says it, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. And then later, two verses later, he says this, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. He says, do something about it. As we have the opportunity, let us do good. Jesus says here, do to others which you would have them do to you. I remember my, mo- my mother used to say this, cast your bread upon the waters, for after many days you will find it again. I don't even know if she knew that that was from the Bible, Ecclesiastes. I like this. I read this anonymous quote. We have learned the golden rule. Now it's time to put it into practice. Think of it. It's a positive thing. It's a, it's a way of life. It's a principle to live by. To go out and do something for someone else. Get up off our rear ends, our, you, know, you know, thinking about ourselves and only ourselves. 
The commentator Barclay said this, to, to obey this command, a man must become a new man with a new center to his life. And if the world was composed of people who sought to obey this rule, it would be a new world. He's saying you can't just do it without any help. You've got to be born again to follow the, the golden rule. It's not just a rule that anybody... You know, because it, it's, it's more than just our, our own selves. Someone else said this, the golden rule may be old, but it hasn't been used enough to look worn. Do something. What is it God's called you and I to do? Get up. So we ask. We pray. Maybe we pray about things that we should be doing every day. We seek the face of God and we, we knock on the door. We, we keep asking. We keep seeking. We keep knocking and, and asking God, what kind of action, what kind of initiative, what kind of doors are you opening? What, what, what's going on in the lives of the people around me that I, that I might be able to do something good for them? Knowing that according to the word of God, it'll come back to me at some point in time. Don't worry about it. Don't even you know, plan on it. Don't wait for it. But God will take care of us. But he wants us to be outgoing. I believe. And that's not easy. For some of us, it's not easy at all. Some of us, we, you know, we're just, you know, how could I, you know, speak to somebody, do something? You know what I'm saying? Some of us, it's really hard. But God, by His Spirit, will help us to follow His Word. Let's pray together, shall we? Our gracious Father, we thank You for Your Word, and we thank You for Jesus. We thank You for Jesus who... He took initiative, and he showed us what love really was, and he gave his life. Greater love is no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. And he gave his life for us, that we might have life. Lord, I, I pray that you would empower us as individuals and as a church to knock on the doors and to also to, to obey and follow this golden rule to do to others as we would have them do to us, that sums, you know, that fulfills all the law and the prophets. It just kind of summarizes the whole thing. And we need to be serving you and doing what you've called us to do. God, I know that it's exciting when we see and when we actually step out and do what you called us to do. And it's exciting. Lord, I could have sat at home and said, no, I'm never going to Canada too far. But yet, there were trials along the way and trials there, but yet you blessed and, and it was exciting to see what, what you wanted to do. Lord, show us those doors and give us the courage to, to knock on the doors, to keep knocking and to go through them once they do open, Lord. Pray for hearts here this morning. Maybe you're knocking on hearts, some that know you, some that don't know you, but you're knocking and you're saying, I want to, I want to come in. I want, to, I want to have fellowship with you. I want to have a meal. I want to sit down and break bread and, and kind of get to know you even better. And Lord, I pray for each one here that, that, that we would simply say yes. Okay. We'd open the door. We wouldn't look through the curtain and say, oh no, it's him again. We'd open the door and say, yes, please, please come in today. In Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand and sing together, shall we?